Hi there. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We'd like to take a moment to announce that we are launching a Patreon. You can find it at patreon.com slash TalkingTolkien. We'll also post it on our Facebook and Twitter. We'd appreciate it if you'd take a moment to check out the Patreon and hopefully give some money. Obviously, you don't need to give. We'd appreciate you sharing our podcast just as much. With just a little bit of extra funding, we'll be able to buy server space, equipment, and other necessities to help our podcast grow. Eventually, our plan is to offer other podcasts about other beloved works and overlooked classics. Thanks. And um, there's, whoa, there's a thing on your screen, and it's saying words. And Oh, someone said hello, Cortana. No, we didn't. We didn't. We said so. I'm going to just go ahead and mute that. So. Cortana, don't listen to us. Hello, That's Cortana. rude. Uh, she, um, only, she, she only listens to and me. And she only listens to she Chase, listens apparently, to Chase. too. Yeah. Well, so... You should name her Samantha. I don't, you can't name it. Well, Any other than Cortana. Same as Siri. You can't oh, take okay. Siri. Oh, okay. So we're just supposed to accept that it's like standard for our personal assistant to be Latina. Yeah, that's 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 the that's the name she came with. That's the way she wants to be known. That's so kind of racist. Like so... like why can't our personal assistant be named you know like a white girl name like Addison? <laughs> what? No, seriously, like Addison or something, or you know, Cadlin spelled like C A E D L Y N. You can name an AI anything because in a few few years it's just going to be like yeah but it's else. like inherently I mean, racist whatever. that your personal assistant is a latina name i didn't name her yeah windows i wouldn't have named an ai off of cortana because it's too on the nose i would name an ai something like henry <laughs> after <laughs> after um Henry Jones Jr. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Henry uh, Jones Jr. Welcome um, to Talking Tolkien. Talking yes. Tolkien Talk. Welcome to Tolkien Talking Tolkien. I'm we John are, Ronald Rule Tolkien. No, you're not. <laughs> None of us is Tolkien, spirit unfortunately. Spirit of you, of him, inhabits you. <laughs> um, Welcome to Talking Tolkien. I'm John. I'm Katie. And I'm Chase. And we just read chapters 16, 16 and 17, 17. of The Hobbit. A thief in the night and the clouds burst. Yeah, cloud burst. Yep. Guys, the cloud guys, burst. We are so close to the end. We yeah, we're in the home stretch right now. We got like one more episode of actual book reading, and then another movie. Then we got movie watching. But for now, we get to talk about book. Um, so. So book. <laughs> so book. Uh, so, but last time Full we left. Full of a book. <laughs> Full uh, of a book. We last can talk time, about our bookishness. Yeah, our bookishness. But last time we left uh, our company. War was brewing. Yeah. War was brewing, which made Bilbo feel all weird in his tummy. <laughs> yeah. And sad. I feel like you're going to keep that going. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, everybody felt weird because Thorne was acting nuts. Yeah. He was being a thorn in their side. Oh. Shh. It's more appropriate this time. We can continue. It is It is more appropriate this so, time. So like, all these humans and gangs. Human? Yeah. I spoiled it. All these humans and elves have shown up, hey, going, hey, war. What, what is, is it, it good, good for? for? Yeah, we've Absolutely that nothing. nothing. Say yeah. it again. <laughs> and so everybody feels weird. War is coming. Ravens, little thrushes, yep. dragons dead. Stuff. Bones forever. So now. Wait, like, 
the doctor. No, remember the remember the dragon. <laughs> oh the, right, the bones, right, right, yeah. Right. Lake because forever. nobody wants to go back to Lake Town. Damn it, Jim! I'm a dragon, not a thrush. <laughs> so now here we are, a thief in the night, and um, the shortest the, chapter. The company, yeah, very short chapter. The company is still like holed up in the mist. In uh, the I read the chapter in, in seven minutes. In the Lonely Mountain, um, and now Thorin has started to search rather fervently. For his beloved Arkenstone, which is a so dog far, chew treat. <laughs> so even so far as to say that if anyone has it and hasn't said anything, yeah, that he says something harsh. Yeah, he says he's going to kill he, them. It's it's pretty like so the extent to which Thorin is obsessed with this thing. Um, so he says. So Thorin says. For the Arkenstone of my father, he said, is worth more than a river of gold in itself, and to me it is beyond price. Ah, okay. That stone of all the treasure I name unto myself, and I will be avenged on anyone who finds it and withholds it. Okay, so, so it's so, pretty much. So if we had a river of gold, what color would the gold be? It would be like yellowy gold, right? <laughs> According to the Hobbit colon the Desolation of Smaug. Okay, so so clearly Thorin is. Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, a.k.a. the Arkenstone. Raging for Ar- Ar- Arkenstone. No, um, that was bad. Yeah, what, uh, what, what's... Angry for Arkenstone. Angry for, Angry Arkenstone, for Arkenstone, yeah. Could be, yeah. Ang- anguish for Arkenstone? No, but, I mean, more angry. That sounds like a, like a, like a late 80s mud. It does. It does, yeah. Like, you know, you just type in, like, <laughs> search for Arkenstone in right chamber. <laughs> Invalid command. <laughs> I got all this Klingon porn. I don't know what to do with it now. I just sent it through that. Kapla! <laughs> oh my. Um, so now, you know... Uh, the Thor- burglar cat fetches a plan. Yeah. Well, so the burglar, though, he, first he's, he, you know, he hears Thorin say these words. These horrible things. These horrible things. And he gets really worried because uh, he actually, of course, has the Arkenstone kind of hidden away up, amongst yeah. all of his possessions, wrapped up. But... He's already thinking about a plan. Well, and he's starting to get a little bit like, almost like he's, the, like, it feels like he's thinking about this, mm-hmm. you know, unlike, unlike Thorin, who seems to be not thinking about this well, in a way. He's yeah, over, he's just, all he's wanting to keep is his gold. And Bilbo's yeah. starting to think of like, war is coming, people are going mm-hmm. to die and I don't want them to die. And the difference between them, of course, is that Bilbo is a hobbit and Thorin is a dwarf. And remember what happens to dwarves when they're around this volume of treasure, um, just it something happens to them. And gold lust. Yeah, they get gold lust. Dragon fever. Exactly. Kind of, yeah, similar to a dragon. I mean, I wouldn't quite equate the, the dwarves to a dragon, That's but what you know. call it for some reason. <laughs> now we have the ravens come back, and they're saying that Dane and his army are getting closer, and Roak the raven. Two days away, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, two days away, and Roak the raven, the old, the old guy. Um, once again, is trying to warn Thorin against war. He's like, this is not going to be good for you. Um, if you ever want to have friends with these people again and have their aid, then you should definitely reconsider your what stance. If, what if we just recast The Hobbit with the cast of Arrested Development and Tony Hale played Bilbo? <laughs> That'd be perfect. That'd be perfect. <laughs> and Jason Bateman was, was Thorin and Jeffrey Tambor was Gandalf. <laughs> And Will Arnett could be barred. <laughs> he comes in. He's comes in. Look at Gandalf, Thorn. <laughs> Jessica Walters is, is uh, Biffer. 
Not Fiffer. Who's the old Bom- one? Uh, uh, no, uh, Ballin. Ballin. Oh, I got, I got one right! Yay, Chase! Holy crap! Holy canoodles. So... And ice could be Bayorn. <laughs> but they, they get every... So everyone starts to kind of calm down just a little bit, and everyone's going to sleep, and Bomber has the first watch. Yeah. Gan- and not Gandalf. Oh, God. <laughs> Bilbo goes over them and says, you know what, I'll... I'll t- I'll take. Let, I'll, let, I'll take this first. Let me watch. take this. I'll one. take this first. Watch. <laughs> I'll take this first. Watch. This will be one. This is on me. You you go you go have some sleep because you look like you could use some sleep. I've been like hanging off of you and stuff for so long, <laughs> and and Bomber is her. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Bomber is like, okay, cool. Yep. I'll totally do that. I I will get sleep. Wake me up in like what five At, or by s- midnight. Yeah, something like that. So, like so five that or six Bomber hours. can then go take show the next man that it's time to go so that yeah. Bobber can then go back to sleep. Bobber so, gets a sweet deal out of this. Yeah, he does. Well, there's this kind of sad bit where it says that ever since he was kind of poisoned by the river, Bomber yeah. has been trying to like attain that level of dream again. Yeah. It's almost like he's an opium addict. Yeah. So Bomber goes off and then and like Bilbo knows that Bomber is a hard sleeper mm-hmm. and will go to sleep instantly. Mm-hmm. So the moment he goes to sleep, he's like, I got five hours. Boom! Puts on a ring. Yep. Lowers himself down, down by the, the rope yeah. and sneaks out in the middle of the night like, and then he actually like, falls like any in, good burglar does. And then he accidentally falls into the creek and makes a big splash. And yeah. all, all the elves come with lanterns. Who goes there? What's that? What's that? State your What's name. There's powder everywhere. What's that? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> what is your name? <laughs> Purple. What is, what is your quest? <laughs> What? To seek oh, yes. the the <laughs> what is the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow? <laughs> or an un- unladen eagle. There <laughs> we go. Middle Earth theater from the West. <laughs> and so, like, Bilbo shows himself. And he walks... Does he, like, walk out further than that, though? Like, he walks out past him and gets, like... I mean, he takes the ring off yes. and freely surrenders. And, and he, he surrenders, but he does it very cleverly to yeah. kind of, you know you know say oh you found me um and he says he wants to speak to the elven king and more so to bard yeah and so they bring bard remembers him yeah the elven king doesn't know him yeah at all. well bilbo knows that he has more favor with bard than he does with thranduil um but you so can remember these names <laughs> so he chase name for maya i mean uh not maya vala Olmo. No. God. You combine two with that name. Ulmo. No. Ulmo. Ulmo. What was the one that made the stars? Reactivia? I don't know. I'm sorry. (laughs) Make character fill in the roof pop. Uh, How could you forget Manway? Yavana. Orome. Oh, Manway. Manway. And Aule made the dwarves. Aule, yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah, that was a long time ago. That was another. That book. was so far ago. Um, so, huh. so Bilbo is brought before the leaders, and now we have this great moment of like Bilbo as the negotiator, and basically saying like how it's like let's if we just negotiate a trade with the Arkenstone and forfeit my stake in the gold to it. Yeah, that money could go to the people, and because people could get situated. Yeah. And I mean, I might be skipping ahead. He's basically being Jimmy Carter. <laughs> no, Bilbo is... So basically, Bilbo comes and he recounts kind of what's going on. He's saying, you know, there are... there. Dane is coming with scores of dwarves, and Thorin is happy to starve 
Um, no, he yeah, he wants to die yeah, on that pile of gold. Rather than relinquish any of that treasure. So Bilbo then he says, you know, we need to figure out a way to keep the peace. So Bilbo now reveals the Arkenstone um, to the two leaders. And Thranbil uh, kind of knows right <laughs> what it is. Is this a pickle? My bad, sorry. <laughs> a Thrandil? It's a Thranduil. Thranduil. So... And I, I like this, again, we get a description of the Arkenstone that is just, I, I don't, it's just perfect. So Bilbo reveals the, the Arkenstone and um, da, 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 da. the Elven King himself, whose eyes were used to things of wonder and beauty, stood up in amazement. That was even, awesome. Yeah. Even Bard gazed marveling at it in silence. It was as if a globe had been filled with moonlight and hung before them in a net woven of the giant, of the glint of frosty stars. I can't read, it's getting dark. Um... So, yeah, so now it's like, oh, look what I have. Um, and I am willing to give this to you to use as like a um, bargaining chip. Bargaining chip, yeah, against Thorin um, to hopefully get him to see reason, to come to reason. So the the two great leaders are like, completely amazed at Bilbo's bravery for having done this and bringing it to them. Um, and Thranduil in particular finds Bilbo quite remarkable and and he, you know, he, he comments on the, um, the armor that he's wearing and saying that he's very worthy of it, in fact, more worthy than even some elves. Yeah. Which is yeah, kind was, of amazing. It's pretty great. Which we're going to see an interesting contrast to that later. And then... Some dude starts talking, and it's like, "Who's that? Who's that dude?" <laughs> and then it turns out. Is that a Madonna out, song? Who's that dude? Well, and then sorry, it's not an episode of Talking Tokyo unless I randomly burst into a modified song. It's true. And then it ends up being Snape. No, it ends up being Gandalf. <laughs> like it ends up being Gandalf. And Gandalf what is back. very, very obvious to the reader, but is a surprise to Bilbo. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So Gandalf again commends him for his bravery and again remarks on you know there are there's more to Bilbo than meets the eye and every you know you're constantly amazing me with all of the things always that you do. doing always, special things yeah like always this. being remarkable um, but then Gandalf talks about there's there's gonna be a great deal of unpleasantness but Bilbo you just may make it out okay um, and he tells him to have hope. And then, and then says like, he's just gonna go back. They'll break. Sorry, I got hair in my mouth. <laughs> he goes back, right? Then he goes yeah. back. He has enough time to get back. Yeah. So Bilbo goes back to the mountain, and he he gets back in plenty of time. And but he he he's even though so Gandalf is trying to reassure him, but of course Bilbo is still feeling troubled. But he does manage to drift off to sleep. Of course, thinking about food. <sighs> I totally understand. Well, also thinking, I mean, <laughs> cannoli and lasagna and piccolini coffee. and no, it's just Italian food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, coffee's orecchiette. Not... <laughs> if you said espresso, espresso. There, there you go. There we yeah. go. And uh, 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 tortellini and tortellone and cannoli and cannoli siciliani. You're gonna have to stop and... that because spaghetti alla carbonara. <laughs> so they go to some, and then the chapter ends. Yeah. Boom. So then, all Mordor breaks loose. <laughs> no, basically. so basically what happens is the next morning, 
uh, they wake up and everything is as normal. And then somebody is like, hey, Thorin, we have another emissary of the prophet. And his name is Benjamin Siska. No, okay. Uh, and so Thorin, Thorin goes up and he's like, you know, what's the deal? I have not changed my mind. And a few rises and falls with the sun. And then the herald is like, oh, yeah, will we change your mind for this? Yeah. And, and oh, wait, there's, okay, so there's a man and an elf and then a, an old man in a, like a cloak. Yeah. Well, there's like there's like 20 people there with them. And, yeah. And you know, they have there's their the banners, banners. The banners and, they're not armed and everything. Either. That's yeah. the other thing. Yeah. They're they not put armed. down their weapons. Um, so, yeah. And then so Bard reveals the Arkenstone. Of Thrain. Of Thrain. Not which, of Ar- course. Which, is, which, of course, is different from the Arkenstone of Bungo. Yeah. Which was, a, which was a gallstone that he was very fond of. I'm writing fanfic now. <laughs> you are writing terrible fanfic. And then, and then, like, the old man's got this, like, thing that has the Arkenstone in it. Yeah. And reveals it. And not only reveals the Arkenstone, but reveals... Well, yeah. So Thorin is like, how did you get that? And they're like, that's no, none, of, none of your concern at all. But yeah. then, sweet little Bilbo. Well, no, so Thorin says, you're a thief. Yeah. And so Bard says, I am not a thief to, to basically ask for what is mine. Mm-hmm. And then, yes, poor sweet little Bilbo says that I gave the Arkansas to Bard. And then Bomber says, no, I gave the Arkansas <laughs> to Bard. And then Balin says, no, I, I gave the Arkansas. No, I'm Spartacus. Um, <laughs> Stanley Kubrick's The Hobbit. <laughs> no, I am the traitor. So now Thorin is, of course, getting all worked up <laughs> and <laughs> is, yeah, <laughs> go- going to become violent. Like he grabs Bilbo and is like shaking him. Like he's and- like a hang like over and, yeah. and at this point the, the, the dwarves draw. sing another one of the dwarf songs and it goes a burglar's gonna burg 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 burgle and I'm gonna shake him say up a burglar's shake gonna up. burn 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 I feel like that would've been better ew the hobbit's gonna burn 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 and Bilbo's gonna learn 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 is learn, this learn not to steal from 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 Thorin Oakenshield Oakenshield this is oh, oh. this is Tolkien Swift now <laughs> <laughs> you know, if we get this popular enough on Twitter, then Tay Tay herself will. Hey Tay Tay, retweet, retweet our podcast. We talked about you we'll, on our we'll podcast. Get, we'll get, yes. I'm gonna make um, sure I reply. I put at her. So anyway, <laughs> Thorin is getting violent, and you know, looks like things are gonna. And he says it's clobbering time. Yeah, it's clobbering time. But but of course now the old man throws off his cloak, and who is it but you? Gandalf. It's me. <laughs> So, Gandalf, the Gandalf the Grey, of course, um, basically tells Thorin, "Let Bilbo speak," and so Th- Thorin kind of like huffs and puffs, and and he's also like cursing Gandalf, like choosing him, and I'll never listen to a yeah a wizard. And he calls him, he calls yeah. him descendant of rats, which is quite nasty. That's pretty nasty. Um, so now you know, little Bilbo says he says that. What, the way he sees it, taking the Arkenstone was, he was just following what was in his contract. Um, he didn't say which 14th of the Yeah, treasure. one 14th of the treasure. Yeah, it could have been anything. Um, and since the Arkenstone cannot really be divided, like, that should count as his 14th. Right. So Thorin, of course, sees that this is technically correct and... The best kind of correct. Yeah. Angrily says, okay, fine, I will pay one 14th in gold and silver, but not gems. <laughs> Uh, to take back the Arkenstone. And then that 14th, which is Bilbo's share, can also be some of the money that's given to Lake Town and whatnot. 
And, and, and yeah, basically, you guys see fit to divide it as you yeah, see fit. Yeah, and but he's like, he's I also, don't really care if Bilbo gets all that much out of it. And he lets and he lets Bilbo go, but Bilbo also, like, is kind of like, I want my money now. Mm-hmm. He's like, you'll get it, asshole. Like, he's like, <laughs> you'll get it. You'll get it soon. Not now. But, yeah, and he this basically... Is, this is wartime, not peacetime. Yeah, and he, but he, you know, he said Bilbo has to leave. And um, he threatens him. He's Thorin is like completely enraged by the treasure now, and especially at having seen like have this betrayal of Bilbo with the Arkenstone. He's like completely insane, um, and b- basically tells Bilbo that he'll stab his feet because you know he's he's wearing this. Oh yeah, he's wearing this armor that was crafted by his people, which he says that Bilbo is not worthy of wearing. It's a flip. Which is an flip, interesting, flip. yeah. Even interesting at the flip. end of the previous chapter, uh, Thranduil said, "Bilbo, you are." more like deserved of that honor yeah. or of that armor than most elves. Yeah. yeah. So that was kind of an, in, an interesting flip. little nice flip. flip there. Yeah. Um, so Thorin, of course, secretly he is thinking about, well, hopefully Dane and the other dwarves are going to come before I actually have to send the money out and we can just take the Arkenstone back by force. And this is like the point when Dane does show up Somebody shows up, right? Um, up? Well, Thorin also, he sends Roak to send a message to Dane and tells oh, him to yeah. get there as fast as he can. Um, and so, yeah, then Dane, uh, of course, arrives just at the right time uh, with his large army. And now Bard and Bilbo go out to meet them. And... Bard, of course, doesn't want to let them through before there's payment. And then Dane threatens the elves and the men and basically so, says, like, you can't you can't take us on. So the Hobbit, so the I arena, mean, the dwarves plus Dane, that's one of the armies, right? Mm-hmm. And then the elves, mm-hmm. that's an army, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then the men, the humans, it's another army, yes. right? Mm-hmm. So we're at three. Mm-hmm. So then, by the, at this point, a giant cloud swarms over the mountain, and all, mm-hmm. and th- it gets ominous. And then it's the, a bunch of flying fox fruit bats. And well, they're all got like bananas hanging out of their mouths. But there's this no, not Jeez. not these are not cute fox fruit bats. These are ugly <laughs> evil bats. But there's this great moment. So when the when the darkness comes over the mountain, there's this great sentence, and again, like showing. Tolkien as like a great wordsmith. He says, so the line is winter thunder on a wild wind rolled roaring up and rumbled in the mountain, which just sounds like R's. thunder. It's a lot of R's. It sounds like thunder, which I... It's cool. Ah, sounds it's like a tongue cool. twitch to me. Let's see who can say it fastest. Where's the line? Winter thunder on a wild wind rolled roaring up and rumbled in the mountain. Winter thunder on a wild wind rolled roaring up and rumbled in the mountain. Winter thunder on a wild wind rolled roaring up and rumbled in the mountain. <laughs> Winter thunder on a wild wind rolled roaring up and rumbled in the mountain. How fast can you say that line? Me? That line. So there's, yeah, so it's that bold one. <laughs> Winter thunder on a wild wind rolled roaring up and rumbled in the mountain. Okay, thank you, Garrison Keeler. As fast as I can read it. Winter thunder in a wild wind roaring up and rumbling in the mountain. It's a great line. It's meant for someone with my voice. It's a great line. Nick Nolte needs to read that. 
Wait, wait, wait. Nick Nolte so, needs to read the, the Winter novel. thunder on a wild wind rolled roaring up and rumbled in the mountain. Okay. That's close, Nick Nolte. Nick Nolte's more like... <laughs> <laughs> what if we had um, Lou Reed read it? <laughs> if we had Lou read it. Uh, uh, uh. So there's this uh, darkness coming from the west, and then there's also another darkness coming from the north. And at this moment, Gandalf tells them of this danger. Um, which is the, Dame, the, another army. Oh yes, the fourth army. Mm-hmm. The battle of the fourth army, <laughs> which is led by Holg. Was that Bolg. 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 And this this the only time we get like a citation in this book. Yeah. Because there's an asterisk and it says C page thirty three in my edition. Yeah, and it's thirty in mine, I think. Yeah. Anyway, Bolg is the son of Azog the Defiler. Azog the Defiler. Whom Dane had killed in Moria. Whom Dane had killed in Moria. <laughs> oh! Oh! So this finally... So this finally... Okay, you can stop so that. Okay, that, I'll stop that, That's that dumb character that popped up in Desolation of Smog, right? Yep. That Legolas fights. Okay. Yep. Smog, Desolation of Smog. It's a documentary about London in the, <laughs> in the or, 1900s. Or Beijing in, like, now. Yeah. <laughs> or LA, like, 30 years ago. So now we have this battle that is breaking out. Um, people are fighting. Yeah. Dying. The goblins. Going have, at it. The goblins spearing, have been gathering strength because, because, you know, after the dwarves killed the great goblin, the, the, the goblins were all like, Marr! Lose their minds, yeah. And so at this, point, the at this point, then another army joins the battle, but it is specified in the text as thus began the the, the battle, battle of the five, five armies. armies. And it and says it was fights for a while. Well, but, for a while but what too. it says is something like, you know, the orcs and wargs, mm-hmm. comma the men, comma the elves, comma the dwarves. And so it's actually very specifically um non-specific because it says the orcs and wargs, mm-hmm. which could conceivably to be two separate armies. As I spoiled for Chase last yeah. week, yeah. Uh, that is not it's the case. Not. But it is. there's kind of this plausible deniability of like, oh, those are the five armies. But in all actuality, we will see. So, uh, so I think this stuff's bananas so already. So at, <laughs> at this point, there's a kind of a hasty... Uh, uh, truce between the dwarves and the men and elves because now they have a common enemy and to so, unite yeah. against. So they're basically surrounded very quickly, and then oh look, the doors to the mountain open because oh yeah, Thorin's still in there. Mm-hmm. So the thirteen dwarves charge out and kind of beat back the goblins far enough that the men and the elves and they've and, got like fire in their eyes. They're yes. super epic. Yeah, so, like yeah. Then, it's, it's it's pretty great. And then like at this moment, like uh, another fleet of goblins kind of comes from the top of the mountain and is like raining down upon them. Which we had heard before from the narrator that if that happened, there would be no hope. Yes. Like if, you know, if yeah. if we had been able to keep it to uh, like contain the orcs and wargs in the valley, we, they, then our... And lo, you know, as I walked through the alliance. valley of the shadow of the orc. <laughs> um, so anyway, like the good guys are kind of rallying to the mountain and a lot of them are getting slayed at this mm-hmm. time especially it is it is specifically noted elves who would have seen many a good day beyond this yeah yeah um, again it's back to that thing i was saying about like when elves die it, it it's feels really, really weird. it's heavy yeah and it, then 
Yeah, and then we kind of switch perspective to Bilbo, who sees something off in the in the distance. And also, Bilbo is removed from this battle. He's he, like up. He's, 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 he's in the mountain. Yeah, he's a Ravenhill, which we visited what three chapters ago. Yeah, and he he is wearing the ring again, which it's noted that you know this kind of magic ring can't necessarily. I mean, it can help him to be. It's not going to he pro- can't be seen, but it's, it's not, not going, going to protect to, you, but it's going to help yeah, you evade. Yeah. So you know, but he still is not clear of like you know arrows or anything if, if there happened to be a stray arrow it could pierce him and he would die um so that's yeah it's noted that this magic ring will not save him from bodily harm should it come to him so um bilbo is kind of watching all this unfold and he gets this he has like a mind. He 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 retreats back to the elven camp because it's gotten to that point. Mm-hmm. And he has a mind that he would fight and defend Thranduil because he really respects him. And that's like a little spark of his tookishness. But still, he's like, it no. even says tookishness. Yeah, it does. But uh, but then he's like, nope, nope, nope. I don't want to fight in a battle. Um, and Gandalf is, you know, things are going quickly going downhill, and even Gandalf is kind of sitting there, th- like, like reserving his power. Yeah, is, is, like, Bilbo says like it's like almost like like we don't know what he's doing, but mm-hmm. it says he might be reserving his power. It's like Gandalf could be thinking about one great big magic feat to save the day, one giant fart to kill them all. <laughs> oh God! And the end is nearing, and you know it's that's what it's looking like. It's gonna be bad. And Bilbo is lamenting the idea of all of these people losing their lives, um, and of, end of the goblins gaining this treasure. And he said he would rather that 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 they had never woken Smaug. He had rather that Smaug oh, yeah, would thing, still yeah, have the treasure the rather than these goblins get a hold of it. And so then that's when the last army mm-hmm. shows up. Yeah. So Bilbo kind of sees off in the corner and at this moment it is said that Bilbo's eyes are basically never wrong. Yeah. Uh, Bilbo sees off kind of in the skies the eagles. Yeah. And he starts crying, eagles, eagles! A huge host of them, like all of the eagles that ever are alive. Eagled. All of the eagles, all of the to, eagles ever to ever eagle. And they come flapping into this great battle Soaring, like a majestic killing. host of giant Boeing 747s. Uh, oh, massive. 777s. 777s. Um, and so Bilbo is, is screaming, eagles, 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 and then everyone else kind of starts to hit to take notice. And just at this moment, a stone falls down, hits him in the helm, and he is knocked out. Out. Done. <laughs> So not only was Bilbo like removed entirely from the battle, he's not involved in it at all. Uh, now he doesn't even know what happens. And then this is like a cliffhanger. Like we, it says that he's chanting eagles, then everybody else is chanting eagles, but yeah. nobody else can really see them. So yeah. But then it's like a cliffhanger. Yeah. So before we get to any further discussion, I'd like to issue a retraction from a, an inaccuracy I stated last time. We were talking about the relationship of the Lord of the Rings to the uh, war, uh, contextually the Second World War, and I said, oh yeah, no, 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 they were published during the war. Well, technically I was correct. I just had the war wrong. I thought they were published in 1945. Sorry, yes, 44 and 45. As it turns out, they were published in 1954. I knew it. And yeah, I knew it. So technically I was correct. They were published during the Korean War. Oh, come on. <laughs> uh, but yes, I, I was, mean, it's, it's, too, I mean, I, that's the way I always, this is from talking with you over the past several years mm-hmm. where I've come to this assumption 
that you could read into a reading of World War II. You could read into a reading? Yeah, my bad. I, that was stupid. <laughs> uh, just, you could read is, into it yes. that way. You could. Um, Tolkien himself disavowed it and said he wanted the, the, the reader to kind of decide for himself. Yeah. yeah. Um, the the main point is is that Tolkien's experiences of war are from the stem first... from the, the, from yeah. the, yeah, the Great exactly. War, the first war. But yeah, absolutely. And it's... Yeah, it's it's no secret that these are anti-war novels. Tolkien is basically the the the, the, the British Rainer Maria Rilke. Rilke, Rilke. I don't know. I mean, I mean, it could be just a psychology of me coming into Lord of the Rings during the war in Iraq and mm-hmm. Afghanistan, and then also like him coming in the mindset of he was probably writing these during World War Two, even though like the one he probably has experience of is definitely World War One. Mm-hmm. I'm just. You can oh, see yeah. where a lot of that stuff would crisscross over in his brain. I mean, he started writing this stuff during World War One, mm-hmm. so you can't help but yes, that's implanted into this stuff. Big yeah, time. yeah. I mean, Absolutely. the same thing. Like I've been fascinated by the the generation right now when their experience with nine eleven and the war in Iraq comes from when they were either they couldn't remember basically they're kids yeah. like they were young kids and how we imprinted onto their brains versus how imprinted onto our brains because we had a very more tactile experience oh yeah i remember that. watching news ups, updates like at yeah. lunch there uh, some of our, our teachers would always have a tv on that we could come and watch it to, i mean you know we stopped everything and we're watching it and my dad was actually on a flight mm-hmm. during that day so it was about it was about two hours mm-hmm. two hours after the plane went down in uh, pennsylvania before i got word that my dad was okay yeah i remember um we were i, I was in it was a Tuesday because every Tuesday I had GT. And so the way GT worked is that they pulled us out of three classes on every Tuesday. And it was second, third, and fourth period. And uh, the planes hit during first period, and we just canceled all the schedule and you just stayed with your first period. Uh, but the G teacher didn't want to give us up because, like, she only had that one, you know, three hour block with us. So she made us go. And, like, none of us really wanted to go to GT, but we did it anyway. And she wouldn't let us watch the TV because, you know, this was like her one time of the week with us. And we were doing an architecture unit and she was trying to um, get us to focus. And we were reading a book on Frank Gehry. And, you know, we were kind of like talking about what was happening. And she said, you know, well, we'll study in a few weeks why these towers survived because it was an architecture unit. Uh, And then, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a couple minutes later, maybe like, yeah, then like an hour later or whatever, the teacher from across the hall, like came into the room and he was like clearly crying and trying to hide it from his students. And he said, did you hear? And the teacher said about the attacks and he said, well, yeah, one of them fell. And at that point we turned the TV on and then we watched the second one fall live. Yeah, that's, that, that, that is, yep. Yeah. Sorry, I got us on this. It's, yeah. it's been on my mind because that's what, outside of this, I've been reading a book about uh, the first 100 days after 9-11. So I was, it's been on my mind. I mean, you know, it's periodically people of our generation just kind of have this moment where that's the defining moment of our childhood and we share it. Well, that's yeah. the, I mean, that that would be the connection. Like my par- my with my parents, it was JFK because my mom vividly remembers the day JFK died. And I mean, it's not the same... It, one of my you know what I mean like we, we haven't had like it's probably not exactly the same but that same kind of like shock and well, traumatic like, experience from it you and, know what I mean and that's the thing too is that you know these uh, defining moments in history are what influences 
the art and expression of that follows one of so. our one of my friends in new york his his landlady is an, is a, a woman she's probably about 58 or something she's in a little older um and she's kind of the stereotype of a shut-in like never leaves the house and her house is a mess and everything like that and i always was kind of um scared by her in this way of like i could see myself becoming that person very easily you know like the hermit type mm-hmm. and I was, I, you know, I, I eventually mentioned this and I was like, oh my God, she, she kind of scares me. And he, you know, my friend said, well, you know, she was, she worked on the twin towers and <laughs> she escaped during nine 11 and she walked home. It took her seven hours to get home and she was covered in soot. And our friend, uh, who was her daughter, uh, you know, didn't know if her mom was alive at all and kept calling and the, of course the lines were down. And it was just one of those moments where you realize that, like, you know, it's true what they tell you not to, like, judge people without knowing their circumstances, but... Yeah. Damn. Yeah. So, favorite parts of the book? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that turned onto a really dark... <laughs> Actually, if I can share one more 9-11 anecdote. Uh, last uh, 9-11s, that would have been September 11, 2014, I was at the Brooklyn Academy of Music seeing... What was really an historic performance, it was the first time that Philip Glass and Steve Reich had been on stage together since the 70s. I remember when you saw that, yeah. Yeah, and uh, there was three concerts in a row, and I went to the one that was on September 11th, and Steve Reich actually wrote a piece commemorating 9-11, and it wasn't really announced beforehand that they were going to play this piece, and this piece incorporated audio clips from actual 9-11, uh, or 911 calls that day. Oh, I've, I've heard some of those. Yeah. They're Whoa, terrifying. that sounds, ooh. And, yeah. and kind of the music was formed around those calls, and I don't know if you've ever had this situation, but, you know, there were 3,000 people in this auditorium, and the piece ended, and nobody clapped for a solid minute and a half, and you could just hear people mm-hmm. crying, and it was yeah. one of the ooh. most bizarre situations I've ever been in. Yeah, that's... Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've listened to a few of those those calls. Those are really uh what's that's the word? Harrowing? Um, yeah, and also Okay. <laughs> that was weird. Uh anyway, yeah, that was interesting. We just got onto that. Yeah, we got onto a dark, dark topic. Um but yeah, so you know, we had Did you hear that there was a Marine who was just arrested for bringing multiple handguns to the nine eleven memorial? Sorry, I'm oh, making this too political. Let's, anyway, all right. Yeah, let's edit let's that out. Let talk about <laughs> favorite bits of the Hobbit. I like how Bilbo gets knocked Battle out. Battle of Five Armies. That's yeah. That's kind of the best. <laughs> and there's this moment where they say like Bilbo hated this, which means that of course it's his favorite story to recall. Yeah, and he recalls yeah. it frequently, even though he plays basically even, no part of yeah, it. Yeah, even though he has no part in it. Um, I think my, my my favorite thing is the kind of flip-flop that we get between these two chapters. We had, so Bilbo comes to Bard and Thranduil and, you know, basically reveals his plan and they marvel at how brave he is and Thranduil sees him as this really worthy individual and then mm-hmm. in the exact next chapter, you know, Bilbo basically kind of does the same thing. He comes clean to Thorin and he's, you know... Uh, it, you know, all of it, all of this is motivated by his own good, good-hearted hopes to you know keep the peace. And I mean, it's Thor part- and Thorin responds in this like you know gold lusty way of. I mean, there's a little bit of selfishness in it. Let's be real. Well, yeah, there is. But Bobo wants second breakfast. He, but he wants second breakfast. But he also doesn't want like peace. Yeah, bun- a bunch of elves and men and dwarves to die. Um, so yeah, and then Thorin 
calls him, says he's unworthy to be wearing that mail that was made by my people. It's just a nice uh, flip-flop. Mine is just whenever Gandalf surprises everybody. <laughs> my brain is just like, he. I mean, he's like pulling out the Arkansas stone and he like pulls off the stake and it's like, it's me! And he's like a big buff guy <laughs> in like small shorts. <laughs> Sorry, my brain, my brain went too much. Are you thinking about Terry Crews and yes, those Old Spice I want, commercials? I want, yes, I want Gandalf <laughs> to be played in our version of The Hobbit by Terry Crews. And he's just all buff and he's holding that Arkestone. It's look like, you want this? It's <laughs> <laughs> my brain's power <laughs> He rockets off. <laughs> it's Gandalf. Okay. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So yeah, we uh, we had unfortunate war break out. The, we had the Battle of the Five Armies. The Battle of Five Armies have happened. Yep. As much and as Bilbo knows. Bilbo's knocked out. <laughs> and the next, the last two chapters are next week. Yeah, we are going to finish the book next week. Mm-hmm. Also, I got a question over the past week that I wonder. We've actually been we've discussed about this ever since. The Silmarillion, actually. When we started, like, planning this podcast, mm-hmm. we knew we were going to do The Hobbit, and mm-hmm. we knew we wanted to watch the movies and do mm-hmm. something with them. So I got this email from a listener that talked about something that we have actually talked about before, mm-hmm. um, and it's been discussed, and I'm pretty certain we've all come to the same conclusion on it, mm-hmm. which was we've watched Spellify, we've watched uh, Unexpected Party, or mm-hmm. Unexpected Journey, mm-hmm. Desolation of Smaug. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be watching Battle of the Five Armies in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Are we going to watch the Ralph Bakshi version? Is that the animated one? Yeah. So the question was about the animated Hobbit movie. Mm-hmm. And we have kind of come to the conclusion that we actually are not I, going to watch that. I, I want to, honestly. I almost feel like it should be like a separate thing where we where like I, we watch it and then we come back on like an episode and like we talk. We like Well, okay. I feel like I mean, we should do it as a bonus episode. We could, yeah. That's not part of the regular cycle. Because there's a secondary bonus episode that I want to do, which I like texted both of y'all about, and yeah. neither one replied. Because so. I was busy. I was busy at work. <laughs> I know. I already said I wanted to do it. Yeah, I was when saying, the first time you okay. mentioned it. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm totally in favor of doing it as a bonus episode, largely because I actually remember watching this from my childhood, and it's not something that I like really cared about. I just remember like watching it. And that's mm-hmm. it. I remember there's a bit where Bilbo puts the ring on and he disappears. That's all I remember. But you know, like this is a thing that my that my mom did. She, like, decided to rent this movie and show it to us. And, you know, I, I kind of want to watch it just because, like... That's Your fine. reaction and my, is the exact opposite. I mean, yeah, see, that's, a, like, my my brother and I watched it when we were kids because it was, you know, we were like, oh, it's The Hobbit. And so we rented it. And now, uh, to be fair, see, I don't, I don't remember a whole lot about it because I remember that we watched this and then we watched the horrendous, uh, like condensed thing of it was the same thing it was basically the Lord of the Rings it was just called The Return of the King King, yeah we watched that and um, yeah and my mom uh, was so offended by it she hid the tapes from us so that we couldn't ever watch them again I don't know. <laughs> I imagine for your kids or whatever in the future, you're going to hide the Hobbit movies we've been watching from they them. They don't exist. They don't the exist. the thing is, and, and this is just me being optimistic, but I'd like to believe that the Hobbit 
animated movie come from a, comes from a place of good intention. Yeah, and I I, I I legitimately cannot say that I believe that about you know Peter Jackson's trilogy. Like I said, I don't remember. I don't exactly recall the Hobbit one. I it may not have been as bad as I'm remembering it to be. I mean, no, I'll totally watch it. I just know that. Uh, Ever I since I, I watched it, I would—I don't know how old I was. I just I was like, thought we were kid. in the conclusion of kind of not. I mean, personally for me, I am so ready to move <laughs> on to the Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah, yeah. Like I feel like if we're gonna do this, it's gonna be bonus. It's gonna be like on the side. Yeah. Whenever we have free time to do it, because like I'm, I'm, so, I'm so I'm so psyched. We can, yeah, we can do it as bonus, and maybe we'll do it uh, sometime during while we're reading Fellowship. Who knows? Yeah, like a break because yeah. we, we, we we're not gonna actually get many breaks. Because Fellowship's gonna to be do. dense. Yeah, we're not going to get any, any breaks now. And that was going to be, we're planning on reading it and just not yeah. stopping. Yeah. So we might break it up into that. So we do for Tolkien's birthday. <laughs> on January I mean, 3rd. I mean, so technically The Lord of the Rings isn't was written and intended to be published as a single novel. Mm-hmm. It is academically considered to be one. However, it is also broken up into six books. Yeah. So the way that we have things broken up right now is mm-hmm. we're going to read one published edition which is two books and then yeah. watch the movie afterwards so we could do kind of a, a micro episode or a bonus episode or whatever at you know the end like of book one and the something. end of book three and the end of book five yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah I, I want to say it now and I'm going to be saying it again Lord of the Rings is not a trilogy no it's not sorry but again <laughs> don't 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 feel bad when I accidentally say it a few times because my knowledge, my knowledge of, of Lord of the Rings and all this stuff started in 2000. Yep. <laughs> and on, like I didn't grow up with this stuff. It's not. It's not. You been didn't grow up with this stuff. What you said? I didn't grow up with this stuff. I didn't grow up with this stuff. We need brain. <laughs> <laughs> to quote Donald Trump. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm John. I'm Katie. We need brain. I'm <laughs> this has been a very somber episode of Talking Tolkien. You can find us talkingtolkien.com, twitter.com slash talkingtolkien, facebook.com slash talkingtolkien, talkingtolkien on Patreon. And please uh, take a moment to share our page or tell your friends about us. And uh, thank stay- you. Thank you to our patrons who have already um, chipped in and helped us out. We really appreciate it. Yeah. We. This is our second month uh, getting that little pitch in, and you know it, it really helps us spread the show out. And we've we've kind of dropped hints about preparing other new shows, and we're in the process of getting another one uh, started, actually. So look out for that very soon. Uh, email us, the professor at Talking Tolkien, and have a lovely day. Ta-da! Boo! <laughs> Irons in the fire. <laughs>